Hello and welcome to the Tracks That Take Us Back podcast with me, Ewan Petrie. Every week I have a brand new guest on the show who talks about their favourite places in Scotland and the most treasured memories that they have in these particular places. Then we listen to the songs that have become the soundtrack to these wonderful memories. I can't play all of the songs in full due to copyright reasons, but I hope that you enjoy the podcast nonetheless. Thank you so much for listening. You're listening to the tracks that take us back on Capture Caledonia with you and Petrie. I am so thrilled to welcome Beth Malcolm to the tracks that take us back. Beth is currently one of the rising stars of the Scottish folk music scene and for me has one of the most beautiful and distinct voices that I've heard in recent times. As an artist who is near the beginning of her music career, she has wasted no time in putting her mark on the folk scene. In 2019, she won the Edinburgh Folk Club Songwriting Competition and then followed this up by winning a prestigious Danny Award at Celtic Connections in January 2020, an award that is reserved for only the most exciting emerging new talent, with past winners including Corrine Polwart with Malinke, Rura, Julie Fowlis and Talisk to name but a few. So Beth is in esteemed company now that she can add her name to that list. 2020 also saw Beth announced as a winner of the Face Ross and Nature Scots In Tune with Nature project for her song, Leavin' Loch Leavin', which is just a stunning piece of songwriting that we'll be treating you to very shortly. Now, we aren't long into 2021, but Beth has already wowed audiences with a wonderful appearance at this year's virtual Celtic Connections Festival. A woman of many talents, she's managed to achieve everything that I've just mentioned, whilst also working as a history teacher. I am so excited to see what the future holds for Beth, and I am also so excited that she's kindly agreed to chat to me today. Beth, welcome to Capture Caledonia. Oh, thanks, Ian. What an introduction. You've really, uh, you've set my, my morning off pretty well. This is, this is a good start to the day. <laughs> well, you've, you've, had, you've had an amazing, amazing start to, to your music career. And as I was reading everything that you've been up to um, over the past few years, I was very, very impressed at what you've managed to do. And I think this might be a good place to, to start with, actually, because I was reading up a bit about you and I, was, I could tell that music has obviously been a huge influence on your life from, from a very young age. You know, your family is uh, extremely musical. Uh, your dad, Jim Malcolm, has had a remarkable music career and, you know, is the lead singer of the world-renowned and multi-award winning band Old Blind Dogs. So did it perhaps feel inevitable that you would also go down a similar path? And did music and performing always appeal to you as a potential career? Yeah, it's an interesting one that, I mean, you're absolutely right. Um, I've been sort of properly indoctrinated into, into Scottish folk music. It was, you know, it was no choice as a child. Um, I, you know, I, I was always into, you know, the singing competitions at Glenfarga. I'm from Perthshire and there was always a lot of um, festivals going on and gigs and music in the house. Um, I, I, I was really a huge fan of the folk scene I think especially in my, my youngest years you know kind of before secondary school um I had a little dip out of it really when I when I when I was a teenager I think that's quite a common thing especially for for children of folkies you know you kind of discover the pop scene at about 12 and suddenly the folk scene seems like the naffest thing in the world uh, and I so I spent a few years you know listening to horrible Hilary Duff you know records and stuff <laughs> putting my parents through hell um, and then you know you kind of dip back in again I, I went to university in Glasgow where obviously the scene is is really you know it's where the scene's happening now in Scotland and it was actually going to 
Celtic Connections festivals in my in my last couple of years there in January that really kind of just reminded me that I you know I know all these songs and it was like a kind of you know these memories that would pop up going to these gigs and hearing all these songs that I'd kind of grown up with and it's just really been a huge part of my my joy and my life and, and especially in the last few years and um, I think it will continue to be yeah. It's funny listening to you talk about the rebelling period where you were listening to to Hilary Duff and and others. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. Um, I had my mom and dad massively into folk music, and I used to listen to the music they were playing in the car and just long for them to put like the Red Hot Chili Peppers or the Foo Fighters on. And uh, as I've grown up, I feel my music taste just going further and further towards my <laughs> yeah. mum and dad's and I'm like oh what's happening I but I, I, I mean all, I love all it that time, all that time that was wasted listening to crap you know <laughs> yeah exactly I could have you know, I could have been be, educating myself fight, yeah yeah exactly you're fighting over the cd player in the car you know when it was physical cds as well It'd be like right you're allowed two Hillary Duff tracks and then we're gonna put Dick Gawkin back on like, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant I, I love that because yeah it's got such echoes of, of my own experience with my mom and dad um <laughs> absolutely 2020 um obviously became a difficult year uh, for all of us but it started on such yeah. a positive note for you when you were named a winner of the danny award oh, at celtic I connections i mean that must feel like a lifetime ago but what a brilliant achievement and how does it feel to be added to a list with such prestigious winners from previous years Oh, I know. And I mean, I, I mean, my, my top tip for that competition is to enter as many times. I mean, I, I tried, I, um, I tried entering that competition a couple of times, once when I was really young, um, actually still during my Hillary Duff phase. So I'm pretty sure I tried to sneak in a couple of pop songs into that Danny set, which won't have gone down well. Um, and I, you know, and I tried a couple of years ago too, um, when I, when I met my, my guitarist Dorian, that I have, you know, we, we play a lot together now, but yeah, it was just such a, it was such a start to last year. It was really the first and the last musical venture for me in 2020, just because of obviously the timing of it. Um, it was it was such a feeling. I um, it really gave me a confidence that has been unmatched so far and since. Um, it's a wonderful event, the Danny Kyle. It's um, it's a place where you get to sing and there's a huge crowd, you know, every day you've, I, I mean, I'm not sure what the, what the room capacity is, but, you know, it's a big crowd for, for us, you know, us squirts, you know, doing it. And um, just to, to, end, to start that year with, with that win was such a boost. And, and I really think that it has, it has shaped um, my confidence for music uh, going forward, definitely. I was talking to Karen Matheson on last week's show about mm -hmm. this year's virtual connection, uh, virtual connections, Celtic connections, virtual <laughs> yes. experience and how <laughs> artists have, you know, it's been an absolute privilege to come back just to play music. Um, but she oh, said yeah. she just longed for an audience response and, and she just really missed that. How, how did your experience of, of filming the virtual festival um, compare to that? Yeah, well, I mean, first, I was just so honoured to, to, to be asked. Um, again, I, I kind of, I'm viewing myself as a real young squirt at this stage. Uh, and so to, to get to go through, you know, at the end of, of a, a long year of, you know, of really no musical ventures going on. Um, I mean, I've talked a bit about, uh, I wrote a blog post about, uh, you know, creativity and lockdown. And I, I know it's been so varied. Uh, there were some musicians, um you know, who were putting stuff out every day, every week during that time. And that wasn't really, that didn't really happen for me. I I, um, I, I didn't feel very inspired for, you know, at least the first half of that, that first lockdown. Um, and 
you know, when, when I got the when I got the message that you know that I was being asked to play at this Celtic, and um, which really, you know, I've said before is is you know high up there in the dreams that I would like to to have done and to do, um, it just gave me that boost again. I just found myself writing again and and playing again for the, those weeks leading up to it, and that really hasn't hasn't ebbed away because obviously there was the filming of it, and then you know a month later it was shown, and that kind of rejuvenated all those feelings again. So. Yeah, I've really got to thank Celtic Connections for, for, uh, for that this year. It really was. It's been sort of the two big things that's happened in the last twelve months for me. So, yeah, I was I was really honoured. Um, it was terrifying as well, uh, because it was the first live gig that I'd had in in about eleven months. Um, the pressure was on, but uh, no, it was it was it was really good, and I was I felt very lucky to be playing amongst you know really my folky heroes in, in that gig that um that you know we were all played in with Ross Ainsley and you know in Talisk it was just and Siobhan Miller it was really a, a lovely evening. It was such a joy to watch and it's been such a joy to have the festival um to listen to I'm so gutted that it's over now I was hoping they I might know. might just extend it further into the year to give us a bit I more know, it, joy. It was like- it was like we had a life for a month, you know, for for a week or two, you know. Like, you know I've actually got a plan for this evening in my jammies. I really do. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> talking about finding creativity, I, I also wanted to ask you about the Nature Scott and Face Ross in tune with Nature competition, in which you were named a winner for your song Leaving Loch Leaven. What inspired you to, to to write that song? And again, an incredible achievement to be named a winner by judges Julie Fowlis, Vic Galloway, Jill Maxwell, and Kareen Power. I mean, it must be quite overwhelming to know that they they believe in your music oh absolutely um I yeah I mean you know I mentioned you know a couple of minutes ago that for me the first half of lockdown was not an inspiring time um but that was really that was really the the moment that kind of got me out of that little rut um I just I saw the advert on, online and I just sort of thought, well, you know, if I can't write, you know, a song about Loch Leven, which is about 10 miles away from me, then I'm, who am I kidding? So uh, <laughs> uh, it was just nice to kind of to have something to work to work towards. And um, the song came really quickly. I, I think that that for me tends to be when I know I'm on to something is when it when it falls out quickly. You know, when you're painstaking over the rhyming of a word over the over a couple of weeks, that's when you know it's for the bin. Um, <laughs> so it just it, it came easily. And I'm actually, you I mean you mentioned that I'm teaching and you know I've been learning to learning how to teach this year. I'm in my training training period, but I was actually teaching Mary Queen of Scots. Um, and so it just was a really kind of natural kind of all it all kind of fit together. So I, I you know I was learning about the story of how she'd been kept on this island, um, an island that I used to actually visit when I was younger. It's um kind of ruinous castle now, but we used to take day trips out and take the boat over to the island. And so it all kind of it just kind of clicked for me. It was one of those, one of those lucky songwriting moments. It's a beautiful merging of uh, your two worlds. Um it, the, you know teaching and the songwriting and you know music yeah. is music such a brilliant way of of connecting people and also learning and I think that song is a great example of that so I think it might be a good opportunity for us to listen to the song do you mind doing the honours Beth and introducing uh, your song yes I would I would and uh, not that I've got any choice eh? um, <laughs> no, uh, so this is leaving Loch Leven um, it's a story about Mary Queen of Scots who spent a year of her life on the island in Perthshire uh, before she went down south and she you know she would never return she was executed um, in England some years later um, but it's a it's an imagined conversation between Mary and her lady-in-waiting 
um, I sort of imagined her looking out of her window at all the beautiful uh, birds and, and, and nature that is out there at Loch Leven and um, she's sort of dreaming of escaping and, and that's what the song is, is really capturing. So it's Leaving Loch Leven. When you're leaving Loch Leven, tell me what will you do? Like the red pole she sings in spring, I'll follow the call of the curlew. When first I spied it from my window, time and tide ago, she was down where the mosses grow and the wind. Crawling the nest with the curlew 
neighbors just spy me from the window When time and tides have run I'll be down where the mosses grow And the winds blow But where will you go and what will you do? Last you'll follow the call of the curlew how will you hide and where will you bite? Lass, you learn to fly. I'd guess, my dear, but what to fear, what to fear, dear? Well, then you'll die, lock and save Then you'll die locked inside among the Leaving Loch Leaven by Beth Malcolm. What a beautiful song. Now, Beth, I think it's probably a good time to move on to the other reason why I've brought you on the show today, um, the tracks that take us back. Uh, you've very, uh, very graciously chosen three songs and three places for us to talk about today, and I cannot wait to hear the reasons behind your choices. So do you mind telling us the first place that you've chosen and why? Yeah, so the first one is a bit of a cheat, actually. It's kind of two places. It's Aberdeenshire and Perthshire. It's a hybrid, really. Um, as you mentioned, my dad, Jim Malcolm, was, was the front man of, um, of Old Blind Dogs for you know, the kind of 90s and early 2000s period. Um, Old Blind Dogs is still one of my favourite bands to listen to. I, I really, I just adore the, those albums, the, the Fit album and the World's Room. Um, and it, that music really punctuates my early childhood for me. Um, and they're obviously a, a band from Aberdeenshire and my, my mum is, is from Aberdeen. So it's the, a lot of the songs are ones that I, that I have heard so often and, and, and really, really come to love. Um, this song that I've, that I've chosen, uh, Come All You Can Cardin Lads, is in my highly biased opinion, uh, just one of the funkiest folk songs uh, out there. Um, and I've, I've got memories of bringing through the bacon rolls when they were practicing this in, in, in my house when I must have been about six or seven. So uh, it's definitely a trip down memory lane, this one, but it's uh, Come All You Can Cardin Lads by the Old Blind Dogs. What was it like for you... Um as a child growing up with all this music around you, like what, what are the sort of standout memories that you have from being, being immersed in that world from such a young age? Yeah, I mean, number one has probably been woken up from your slumber as a teenager by, you know, by songs being played downstairs, which was quite an irritating memory, but it's definitely one that was happening a lot. I was very grumpy about that, you know, as, as a teenager. <laughs> um, I'll try to maybe stand out. Um, the dogs had a gig, um, in the theatre in Perth where, where I grew up and I remember they had they had asked about if they could throw you know sweeties out into the audience which was a kind of old-fashioned tradition at theatres and um, they thought that if they asked to do that they wouldn't be allowed uh, so, so they just did it anyway and they, they threw sweeties out at the end of um end of the gig and me and my little brother caught one and that was uh that's probably my my sort of standout musical memory uh, of of that kind of time but it's a very happy one and I think that my love for my love for interesting trad music you know the, the kind of really jazzing it up and funking it up has definitely come from being immersed in that for sure your you know your your dad obviously traveled all over the world as well with with his music did you ever yes. were you ever fortunate enough to go along with and see some of the places that he was seeing 
Yeah, we did. You know, when we were much younger, we um, we went to America with him um, a couple of times, I think. Um, quite, you know, quite often it would be, um, I think this is one of the places called Swananoa, which I think was in Georgia in America. And, you know, it was like a sort of trad camp. So, you know, he'd be teaching and my mom would be teaching too, because she's also a fantastic uh, traditional singer. Um, she'd be teaching in the day and we would go off to kind of kids camp in, in the day, which wasn't very folky at all, but it was uh, it was all kind of running alongside it. And then, you know, we'd, we'd meet up later on in the day in the, the song circles and, and you know, screck a few little songs, Ali Bally Bee, uh, out to, to anyone that would listen. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I was lucky enough. Again, I think when you're that age, you don't really even appreciate it um we knew it was happening and, and we were learning songs as we went but I kind of lament that I, I wasn't more aware of of all the gigs and and the, the musicians that were playing at that time but uh maybe one day you know, <laughs> <let's> <laughs> <I> know <go. laughs> for for you that was obviously just the the normal the normal childhood did you, were you aware of any of your friends at all you know looking in on your life and and thinking oh that's cool that's quite cool you know and quite different well, I mean, I, I remember, um, I remember taking a friend, <clears throat> sorry, along to uh, to Glen Farg Folk Feast, which is a lovely folk festival that happens, and again, pretty near home, um, and they have a, a a thing called the World the World Champion Puffer Box competition, um, and I remember taking a friend along to that. I don't know if you know about the Puffer Box, Ian, but um, essentially, you know, at one point during the weekend, everyone gathers in the main room. And you, you know, you enter by, you know, buying a matchbox, which is something like 50p or a quid. And uh, when it's your turn, you head to the front of the room and you try and blow the inside of a matchbox as far as you can across the room. <laughs> um, and the person at the festival who manages to get it the furthest, you know, if, you know, there's, I think it's a, a man and woman and a child prize. You know, you are the world champion puffer boxer of that year. Um, and you know it was great fun but I, I remember my friend just thinking what on earth have I stumbled into here? <laughs> you, know, you know what on earth is going on here all these all these folks gathered singing these old songs that I don't know and blowing the inside of matchboxes out into a room and you know getting really hit up about it too you know there's a chandelier in the room and if, if, a, if a winning blow was obstructed by the chandelier it would be a sort of national emergency um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was very it's, it's quite an odd quite odd to think about all that but um definitely definitely fun memories yeah did you ever win oh yeah I mean we were probably the only <laughs> one of the only children there uh, there was maybe about five or six children so the odds of being a world champion were, were pretty high um so yeah, I think I'm. I think I must have been the world puffer box champion in 2006 or something like that. It's pretty, pretty big time. I love it. I think it should be on your website, Beth. Yeah, <laughs> it takes too much preamble though. It's not. A snappy <laughs> thing. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I wasn't aware of it, but I am. I love the story <laughs> behind <now>. that. <laughs> maybe this could be your year Ian I mean, that's know. it I mean given what's <laughs> happened in in the year I'm longing to take part in a in a competition <laughs> <Exactly>. like that <laughs> yeah where everyone's blowing and spraying out their germs across the room that's probably the least COVID friendly uh, thing uh, ever but I know but that's oh, well. the that's the dream now isn't it um, <laughs> yeah get back to that to that point of life absolutely yeah. oh, brilliant um okay Beth do you mind uh, formally just introducing the song again I know you mentioned it earlier and then we'll we'll have a listen yeah, so this is uh, Come All You Can Carden Lads, which is an old blind dog song from uh, the album Fit and definitely reminds me of my hybrid choice of Aberdeenshire and Perthshire. Come on, you can carve 
Come All Ye King Card and Lads by the Old Blind Dogs. And I totally agree with you. That is a, a funky uh, folk song, which I absolutely love. So we're going to move on to choice number two. So do you mind revealing the place that you've chosen and, uh, well, why you've chosen it? Yes. So um, my second choice is Orkney. Um, I got to go to the festival um, <clears throat> in 2019. Um, and it was just such a special time, that festival. Uh, the the sessions that were going on, the gigs that were going on, we um I, I was I was actually singing harmonies with my dad. I was very lucky to get to go really. Um we had a, a gig on the Isle of Sandy, which is a tiny little island off of Orkney. So I think it was something like an hour and a half's ferry off of Orkney. So we're talking really remote here. Um, and we had a gig in, in the school hall, um, which was really good fun. And all the locals came and it was just one of those brilliant, uh, one of those brilliant moments. But the standout moment was on the ferry back to the to Orkney the next morning, you know, really early on, and we were, we were all a little bit hungover. Uh, I think it's probably fair to say, and um, we just started. We had had a session. Um, so we, you know, we had the Peter Wood dance band there. We had the Poozies there, and we just had a fantastic session on the way back. Um, and um, during that trip, I, I just fell in love with, with um, Sarah McFadden's songwriting. I think she is just so, so effortlessly funny. Um, and this is, this is one of the songs that she sang at that, at that session, at a gig the night before on the Isle of Sandy. And um, I, I'm a bit obsessed with Sarah McFadden, actually. So my, my, uh, my second choice uh, is, is a Poozie song um, called Fresh Blood, which is, um, as you can imagine, taking the mick out of out of uh, the lack of gene pool in that area of Orkney. So uh, this is the Poozy song, um, Fresh Blood. This, this song is, is so funny. I didn't know it until you emailed me and told me that it was one of your choices. And I think anyone who knows anyone from the islands or has a close connection to the islands will, ha will find the humor, you know, fascinating. And the songwriting is, as you say, effortlessly funny and, and just brilliant. Um, before we get to the song, I just wanted to chat mm. to you a little bit more about, about Orkney and, and your memories of, of, of that uh, festival. Is, is that a place that you'd been a lot during your childhood or is Orkney somewhere that you, that you came to a little bit later? No, I mean, I think we'd, um, I think we'd gone there, you know, on a kind of summer holiday where you, you, again, you, you're in your Hilary Duff phase and you're too young to enjoy scenery and you're just thinking, why on earth have we come to this place? So I think, I think we'd gone when I was too young to appreciate Orkney. Um, but coming back, you know, in 2019 with my, you know, with my grown up eyes and uh, my ears, you know, enjoying folk music again, I just, I was absolutely blown away by it. I love, I love the storytelling and, um, you know, Tom, Tom Muir is a storyteller local from Orkney. It's just the way he, the way he talks about the, the stories from, you know, I love, I love some of the story, um, stories you can find there too. There's a great one about um, you know, the standing stones in Orkney with, with sort of, you know, it's a huge big circle of stones and there's one stone a little bit further back. Um, and, and the story was that the giants were having a Cayley and they'd forgotten to go home before the sunrise and uh, they'd turned to stone and that stone that's a little bit further out was the fiddle player. You know, they're just, there's just, <laughs> it's just a, an island is just dripping with, with amazing stuff like that. Um, and yeah, it was really my first, it's really the first, first folk festival I'd been to and, you know, where you actually go to a place and stay there for a couple of days and oh, it, was, it was pretty magical. I, I really loved it. You mentioned the 
the standing stones there and you're right they do conjure up some fantastic stories and and imagery and uh a great inspiration as well you know for for probably for people looking for inspiration for songs and for stories and brilliant for the imagination as as well i've never been to the orkney folk festival and i would love to go what what's it like being there and immersing yourself in it for, for the few days oh well it's just non-stop you know i think um i think also because you know there are there are less events going on every day than let's say in celtic connections you know you really go to all of them um you know everyone is at everything uh for you know for the three or four days that it goes on and whether that's the set the brilliant sessions that are going on in all of the pubs um you know in the center of the town or you know or, or the main gigs later on in the evening um yeah it was just it's just it's a lovely festival where again it just you feel like everyone's kind of pulling in the same direction and is, is it all the same gigs which is such a lovely thing um i definitely definitely recommend it get yourself there when, when it when it all opens up again definitely i was talking to um robert robertson from tidelines a few weeks ago about the tyree uh, music festival as well so i'm starting to to gain a list of of the ones that i've not been to that i'm desperate to go to and i think <laughs> yeah. The COVID sort of mentality now is, is seize the moment. So as soon as this is over, I'm going to just go for them all and get myself to as many as, as possible. And I, and I can't wait. I think um, 2022 is going to be the year. I'm, I'm holding out for that. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think you're right. I think it's going to be a phenomenal year where everyone just goes mental start a, pretty much. Start a penny saving jar, I reckon. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I need to start now. You're right. So that I've, I've got enough money to do all of these things. <laughs> yeah. Um, Brilliant. Uh, I mean, it sounds like a wonderful festival and I love the story of you you coming back on the boat, uh, having a session. Um, so do you mind introducing the song again and then we'll we'll listen to it? Yeah, of course. So this is uh, Fresh Blood, uh, written by the wonderful Sarah McFadden, but performed by the Poozies. I was sitting on the ferry boat, talking to my pal Jill, who happens to be my cousin and is married to my brother Bill. I was staring at She's got the same problem as me And I was wondering about me webtoes And if they run in the family tree That man comes from a different island His tongue is different, his eyes are different Never seen the likes of him Fresh Blood by the Poozies and Beth providing brilliant variety with her choices today. So let's move on to choice number three. Where would you like to talk about next, Beth? Yeah, so I think it's only fair to, uh, to, to have old Ricky Edinburgh as, as my last place. Um, I was actually born in Edinburgh, though I didn't spend very long there, only about a year. Um, I am now living here. Um, I'm sort of, I'm learning how to teach uh, in, a, in a school, you know, outside the centre. And I've been living here for the last couple of years. Um, I love the city. I, I, um, I, I have, I've really missed the, the folk scene in it too. I, you know, the first year I was here, the, the sessions at the pubs were just fantastic. And I, and I was a very frequent visitor uh, to, to the Oak um, and, and captains laterally. And uh, yeah, it's just a place that, it's a place that I think I was becoming more and more interested in folk music, um, you know, when, when I moved here. And so I was really alert to all the music that was happening and I really am looking forward to to getting back there um, to that to that kind of session session life. But but the song that I, I've chosen is, is a, a Mary Campbell song, um, and it's um, Edinburgh themed um, because she, you know she she lives in Edinburgh, and uh, I also heard her singing this song at her fringe show 
um, it's called Green So So Gentle. Um, I'm you know I'm really interested in in songwriting and especially you know aspiring um, to to write like these wonderful uh, female Scottish songwriters. And to me, this does songwriting doesn't get much better than this song. It absolutely floored me when when I heard this for the first time. You mentioned that you're. Um you're currently learning to, to become a teacher in Edinburgh. Mm, um, yes. how, have, how have you found juggling that side of your life with, with your music? Well, you know, I think it's probably been easier this year because there hasn't been so much live stuff happening. You know, um, it's, been, it's been actually a kind of a chance to focus on, on that craft and, and getting, you know, the, uh, sort of those skills under my belt. Um, but I think it's I think that I think that variety is is really important, and I you know I like it's nice to have a break from both sides of these things. You know, it's it's nice to focus on teaching for a bit, and and then to kind of come back to, to music at the weekends. And um, yeah, it's a balance that I'm I'm not too I'm not you know totally sure about about how it's going to go yet. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely been good I think this year to have that stability. Um, you know, as you know, it's been an insecure place, the folk scene this year. So, um, yeah. Was it, a, was it a conscious choice when you, you know, when you were deciding what you wanted to do? Were you, were you always interested in music, but did you feel like you, you needed to have something else um, under your belt as well? Or, or was that just what you were passionate about at that time in your life? And then music has sort of caught up with that. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's a good question. I think that yeah, I think there is an element of, you know, trying to trying to have have backup. You know, I think that that is a, a sensible thing to do in, in some ways. And, and again, I think with the way that this year has panned out, that's turned out to be a good choice for me. Um, I am also really interested in history. You know, that's what I teach. And I studied it at Glasgow University and um, I, I absolutely adored pouring into to old Scottish history and, and I, I did my my dissertation I, I found out about the folk scene the political side of the folk scene and song introductions and you know the kind of political stuff that happens in, in you know the Star Folk Club in Glasgow in the past and in the present and so yeah I, I think it's um it's just another side of of my life that I I really love and I love the social side of teaching too it's it's, it's great but I think you know I think they complement each other well I think you know, teaching as a performance too. And, and, and as you said, you know, bringing in music to try and teach children about, about Scottish history is something that I'm very happy to do. And I, I think it's a good, a good mix, yeah. How aware are, are your pupils of, of, your, of your sort of musical career as well? Did they, uh, did they tune in to watch you at Celtic Connections? No, listen, I haven't mentioned it to them really. <laughs> I, had, I had one wee lad. Um, asking me at the start of a lesson, very coy, um, something like, Miss, do you sing? And I sort of said, yes, yes, I do. And he went, right, right. And, you know, and that was it. So, you know, who knows how much had been looked into before that little comment at the start of the class. But no, it's, it's definitely flown under the radar. And I think I'll keep it that way, um, you know, or I'll just go full hell for leather and start, you know, doing musicals in front of them and, you know, making them all cringe. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm deciding on that one. I'm not too sure yet. <laughs> uh, I think I think Beth, with the the way that your career is going, it might not be too long before they they all know. But um, <laughs> we shall see. <laughs> I've kind of diverted a little bit from talking about um, Edinburgh, so let's let's go back to just mm, ch chat about your old Ricky. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I've I've noticed on your social media you've been doing um, recently old Ricky sessions, which I've I've been watching and very much enjoying. Are they are they inspired just by being in Edinburgh? 
Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I um, I really just need something to get myself up in the morning, you know, sometimes. And, and that seemed like an obvious thing to do. I am, um, I'm definitely, you know, I'm trying to, to become better at creating content from your bedroom. It's, a, it's definitely a skill. Um, and the old Reiki sessions are really just called that because I'm, I'm, I'm stuck in old Reiki and I can't move out the council area at the moment. But uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> a, it's been nice to have a little project going on and I'm planning to upload a few more old Ricky sessions this week so uh, I'm glad you've I'm glad you've seen them and that you've been enjoying them that's nice that's my first feedback so thanks for that Ian uh, I was w- watching <laughs> the the chip shop pilgrimage uh, for oh, anybody yeah. who hasn't watched that go go and listen to it and watch it and if you've if you've uh, stayed in Glasgow you'll you'll appreciate that one <laughs> oh there is there are a wealth of chip shops in uh, in Glasgow it's really that is something that I know I really have got a bone to pick with Edinburgh actually you can't get a decent <laughs> Of chips, you know, after about 11 o'clock in Edinburgh, where Glasgow they're paying you to take their chips away from all <laughs> angles. It's funny because <laughs> I, I, I lived in Glasgow for, for um, about five or six years, and my my uh, my partner's from Edinburgh, and we have this mm-hmm. debate because she longs for the Edinburgh salt and sauce chips, which is obviously dis- different from Glasgow. And I feel salt like and sauce, tell me more. I don't even know what that means, Ian. So, Edinburgh have a very specific sauce, which I'm not entirely sure what it's made up made up of but that goes with their their chips and anyone who <laughs> seems to have grown up in edinburgh out when they get chips outside of edinburgh seems to find it like sacrilege that they can't get this sauce and um oh, it's funny. i find it fascinating but yeah I, that's a, that's maybe a debate for a, another another, yeah, another, another podcast <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. um i was i mean you mentioned actually that you you saw um mary campbell at the fringe mm. at a fringe show um is, yes. is the edinburgh fringe something that you would get um involved in every year and try and go to I would we know we've always even you know even when I was younger and living in Perth you know my pals would you know we'd have a day or two we'd come through and go and see all the free acts and maybe even buy a ticket to one in the evening time um but uh yeah I mean I would say I'd be there every year you know in some capacity I've I've I would love to to gig at it too someday that's definitely an, an ambition um you know, I'd love to, I, I also, you know, I do have some ambitions in, in the kind of storytelling music um, sphere, you know, it's something that Mary does so brilliantly and Kareem Power also has started, you know, doing these wonderful shows where um, it's really a story told through music and, and that's definitely something that has captured my interest and, you know, I have started penning, you know, something along those kind of lines, but it's at very early stages and you know, I would say it's been a bit, a little bit halted by not being able to meet up with people and kind of bounce ideas off. But yeah, I, I love that. I love that space that the idea of storytelling, you know, a, a longer, a longer production through, through folk music. Yeah. Did you, was that the show, your introduction to Mary Campbell or were you, did you go as a fan of hers already? So it's actually my, my mum, she's a massive uh, Mary Campbell fan and, you know, we just gone along together for a day out and, yeah I just couldn't I, I couldn't stop listening to her after that show I I just thought she was magnificent and this song um, as I say you know I'm really spending a lot of time trying to think about why you know why I like the songwriting of the people that I look up to and what it is about the songs that that grabs you and and this is this is definitely at the, at the forefront of my of the songs that I've been I've been trying to get to the bottom of um it's a beautiful one the song obviously evokes memories of, of seeing the show. Does it evoke any other memories of, of Edinburgh for you? 
Oh, just that. Well, I, you know, I love that it's set, set in a flat as well. I mean, all, all the best songs <laughs> are you're set in a really domestic, simple setting, and just the idea of her painting her house. Um, yeah, it's it's it's, it's a good one. I think I think Killers will enjoy it too. It's been a total joy to speak to you, Beth, about all of your musical choices and about uh, your career. Um, I've had such a good time sort of going on a journey. You know, we've been to Perthshire, Aberdeenshire, Orkney and Edinburgh. What a, what a little audio road trip of Scotland. How exotic, it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in, in a time where we, we can't travel to these places, it's nice to, to travel to them through your memories. So thank you for helping, mm. taking me on that journey this morning. Oh, no, it's been a real pleasure. I really enjoyed uh, choosing these tracks too. Um, and yeah, thank you. Thank you for, for letting me come in and blather away to you. It's, as you say, it's just nice to, to at least think about leaving your own house, even if that's not possible yet. <laughs> exactly. I think I'm going to listen back to these in years to come and be like, wow, what was life like then, you know? Yeah. And I'll we'll have... probably pine for it, won't we? We'll be all... Oh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Human nature. We'll find something to complain about. Oh, once. Oh, we're Scottish and human. I mean, there's no chance of that. Yeah. Um, Beth, thank you so much. I'm so excited to see you know what the future holds for you and your, and your songwriting and and I love what you've released so far and I'm so excited to see what comes next. Oh, you and I, I really I really appreciate that. Thank you. And do you mind doing the honors and introducing your final song? Yes, so this is Mary Campbell's Green So Gentle, which you can find in her Old Lang Syne album, which was also a story album. Um, it's Green So Gentle. I will choose a gentle green For love's first tender shoots And I will choose a golden hue For love's sunlit pursuits and I will choose autumnal red For love's fatal disputes And these will hold the memories Of love's deep and tangled roots You're listening to the tracks that take us back on Capture Caledonia with Ewan Petrie. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you've enjoyed listening to Capture Caledonia, the tracks that take us back, please make sure you leave us a rating and a review and help spread the word about Capture Caledonia to all your friends and family. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search Capture Caledonia with Ewan Petrie. And you can also get us on Twitter. Just search Capture Cali. Also, make sure you stay tuned for more exciting guests coming up in the next few weeks. Thank you.